0: Speak to us now, O Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. For this is why we've come, dear Lord, we're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but your word, Lord, will forever last. God, we are ready for your word. We pray now, God, that as your word goes forth, it will go forth in clarity and might. That your word will find fertile ground on the hearts and minds of your people. That we would be more than just hearers of your word. Help us to be doers as well. We ask your blessings now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What do these characters have in common? Uh, if you recognize them you can call out their names the joker yeah he was he was way uglier than the little joker we had growing up you know anybody know who that is doctor doom doctor doom Darth Maul, yeah, some of y'all completely lost, y'all like who? Yeah, that's, that's the old school Lex Luthor, got a younger Lex Luthor there. How about this next one? The Green Goblin, yeah, fighting Spider-Man. Oh, man, I, did somebody hollered it up. Voldemort. He who could not be named, right? You might have trouble with that one. Who's that? Megatron. Yeah, Megatron. Now, all of these characters have one thing in common. They were an arch enemy to someone, right? The Joker was the arch enemy of Batman. Uh, The Green Goblin was the arch enemy of Spider-Man. Doctor Doom was the arch enemy of the Fantastic Four. Uh, Voldemort, Tom Riddle was the arch enemy of Harry Potter. And Megatron is the arch enemy of Optimus Prime. Now, when you have an arch enemy, that's more than just an enemy, right? That's more than somebody who enjoys seeing you go down. An archenemy is somebody who eats, breathes, and sleeps your downfall and your destruction. They want to see life ended for you. That's why they live. They live to see you destroyed. Now, whether you realize it or not, each of you under the sound of my voice and those of you who are streaming today, each of you has an arch enemy. Whether you realize it or not, you might be sitting there saying, well, listen, I'm a nobody. I don't bother anybody. I'm just living my life. I'm just trying to enjoy my life with the little time I have left. No, you have an arch enemy. His name is Lucifer, Satan. The Bible gives him the name that speaks to his attitude and actions towards believers. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren, our adversary. And it is his goal, it is his objection, uh, an objective to destroy you, to see you brought to nothing. Today, for a few moments, I want to help you not just see where your enemy will end up, but to see how you can be victorious over your enemy today. You see, many times we confuse the issue and we think and identify our enemy as people when it's really a spiritual battle. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, how to overcome the enemy of your soul. How to overcome the enemy of your soul. You see, I don't care where you live. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care where you went to school. The enemy of your soul is real. And you must decide whether or not you are going to overcome, whether you are going to be victorious over the enemy of your soul, or will you continue to be a victim? If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Here's the first thing I want you to see. Number one, you need to realize all you need to live victoriously is available to you. All you need to live victoriously is available to you. Revelation chapter 12, our foundational text, beginning at verse 10, reads, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. A loud voice shouts in glory, declaring that the kingdom of God, the salvation, the power, the authority of Christ has come at last question on the table is who is doing the shouting in this loud voice of unison? And the text suggests in the B part of verse 10, that's the brothers and the sisters who have experienced the power of God in their lives. And the Bible says that they are shouting for good reason. First of all, the Bible says that they have experienced salvation. Secondly, they've experienced power. Thirdly, they have experienced the kingdom of our God. And fourthly, they have experienced the authority of his Christ. But I want you to notice something in verse 10. The definite article is used each time. The salvation that they experience is not the preview of salvation that we experience now. What they are experiencing is Salvation in totality. A deliverance from the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin. Let me see if I can make it clear. If you've ever gone to the movies, you have seen at one time or another a preview of an upcoming movie. And that preview should give you a hint and inspire you to see the movie in total. Now, it's a sad movie when the preview is better than the movie. <laughs> like when they put all the good scenes in the previews, right? And then you get to the movie, and you're like, man, I want my money back. But a great movie is not only great in total, but it should be great in terms of the preview. Our salvation on earth is a preview of what we are seeing in totality when you get to Revelation chapter 12. The writer says, the salvation. That word salvation literally means to be rescued, to be brought to a safe place, to be delivered. And when the definite article is used, what the writer is talking about is salvation in total not just from the penalty of sin, where we abide today, but from complete, to be completely removed from the power and presence of sin. When he talks about the power of God, that word dunamis speaks to strength, speaks to might, is used in reference to miraculous, wonder-working power. The writer says the ultimate power of God will be made manifest. When he talks about the kingdom of God, the Lord in the Lord's prayer said, when you pray, you should pray thy kingdom come. And on a daily basis, you and I should be praying that the kingdom of God manifests itself in our lives. But when we get to Revelation 12, the kingdom of God will materialize. Not by our choice, not just in our lives, but in total. And he closes by talking about the authority of Christ. That word exousia, the permission to use power as you see fit. He says, when we get to the end, we will see the manifestation of the authority of Christ the power of Christ, and it will be manifested in how he deals with our enemy. Now, this is what I need you to understand. The voice in heaven shouts that the victory and salvation are now won, once and for all. But what God wants you to understand is that that victory that is shouted about in glory in Revelation 12 is available for us right now if we walk in obedience to God. That we experience the salvation of God. That we can experience in our lives the power of God. That we can see manifested in our lives the kingdom of God. That we can allow the rule and reign of Christ in terms of the authority of Christ over our lives. If we submit ourselves to Jesus, we can see the authority of Christ manifested in our lives. But we must choose to access what God has made available to us. I want you to think about this. When you look at those four things listed in the A part of verse 10 of Revelation chapter 12, how much time do we spend trying to ensure the manifestation of those things in our lives versus the other stuff that we pursue? How many times are we praying and seeking and working and fasting, asking God, God, manifest your salvation in my life in total. Manifest your power in my life. Manifest the kingdom of God in my life. Manifest your authority in and over my life. But God says, victory is available to us right now. Look at 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Here's the second thing. Number two, you need to receive God's power because it's the only way you will be victorious over the enemy who's trying to destroy you. You need to receive God's power because it's the only way you will be victorious over the enemy who's trying to destroy you. Let me add that last part, day and night. Circle day and circle night. 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days, and add the extra day on the leap year. The enemy is constantly plotting and planning Your downfall, your destruction, your disablement, that's what the enemy does. But watch what the text says. I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. Here it is. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. Now, that word accuse is a legal term. It is defined in some context as plaintiff, uh, the one who lodges or files a complaint, who speaks openly against, who condemns someone. And the Bible says... Our enemy is our accuser. Now, there are two places that the enemy works to accuse you. He works to accuse you to your face, and he works to accuse you before God. Let me put a cord in the meeting and park here for a second. First, he does it in your face. You say, how does he accuse me in my face? Here's how he does it. Oh, I thought you was a Christian. And you going where? Or you doing what? Maybe you had the devil use somebody who you know got on your last nerve. I mean plucked your nerve. No, no, he didn't pluck your, he thumped your nerve. Right? Pushed every button he could push and went back and forth and you lost it. And then the person stepped back and said, "Oh, I thought you were a Christian." You know how to use that kind of language? See, that's why I don't go to church, because of folk just like you. The enemy will accuse you to your face. The enemy will use guilt to try to debilitate you, to say, well, if you're a child of God, why are you going over there? What you doing in there? Why are you drinking that? Why are you eating that? Child of God. But the enemy will also accuse you before God. The enemy will go before God. Look at Job chapter 1 verse 6. One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan, came with them. (laughs) Look at Zechariah 3.1. Let's read it together. Then the angel showed me Yeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord the accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand making accusations against Yeshua. The enemy, the devil, the accuser stood there, Satan. And you know what he says to God? Something like this. God, you died for them? You sent your son to die for them? If, if I were you, I'd go on and kill them all. God, they don't appreciate your blessings. Look, look at her. Look at him. You, you remember, God, when they said, God, if you just get me out of this, I promise I'll serve you for the rest of my life. God, if you just let this test come back negative, I promise I'm going to stop. You don't have to say amen. You can say Out. And God, you let the test come back negative and look at them. They're so busy enjoying your blessings that they don't even have time to come to church anymore. The Bible says the accuser of the brothers and the sisters will be cast out, will be cast down. And God says that power is available to you. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You in a spiritual battle, whether you realize it or not, And the enemy is going to attack you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. He's going to do everything he can to debilitate your spirit if he can't do anything else. And if he can't stop you from getting saved, he will rob you of the joy of your salvation. Some of you in here right now, thank God that you're here today because God wants you to understand that the solutions you've been trying to find physically in your life can only be found spiritually because you think you're in a fleshy battle and you've identified people and you haven't identified the spirit behind those people. Here's the third and final thing. If you're going to overcome the enemy of your soul, number three, you need to recognize God provides all you need to overcome your enemy. God provides all you need to overcome your enemy. Verse 11, Revelation chapter 12. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Satan takes our sins, throws them up in the face, of our God and in our face as well. He does everything he can to debilitate us, to dissuade us, to discourage us, to destroy us. But listen to what the Bible says. They have defeated him. They have overcome him. They have overcome him. That that word overcome literally means to subdue, to conquer, to prevail, to be victorious. Listen to me carefully. It's not that you won't have a battle. It's not that you won't have a fight. All I want you to know is that God says you can be victorious. See, the mistake that many believers make, not you, but the person next to you, the mistake that they make is they think, that if they face difficulties, they're not doing what God wants them to do, and they're not where God wants them to be. And the Bible says in order to be an overcomer, you've got to overcome something. If you're going to be victorious, you've got to be in a battle to be victorious over. You can't have a testimony without a test. Have I got a witness in here anywhere? I need somebody to feel better about the battle you're in. Because first of all, don't take it personal. As a matter of fact, if you're going to take it personal, take it personal because you are worth coming against. Because the devil thinks you're worth the effort to try to pull you down. How can we overcome? How can we defeat this enemy? Look at A, you will overcome your enemy by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the lamb. He says, you will overcome your enemy by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb is the reason for your victory, not the instrument of your victory. He says, you will overcome because of the blood price that was paid for your sins. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. The blood of Adam tainted us. Angels don't have blood and the blood of animals could only cover our sins but not wash our sins away. But the Bible says the incorruptible blood of Christ who had no heavenly mother and had no earthly father who was conceived of a virgin, no human blood got into his blood to contaminate him. As a matter of fact, his blood was so pure that God told Joseph, don't even know Mary in an intimate way until after Jesus is born because I don't want your sin in the birth canal. Hebrews 9 verse 27, and just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Because the salvation from the penalty of sin is just a preview He still wants to save us from the power and presence of sin in this earthly existence. But here's B, not only will you overcome your enemy by the blood of the lamb, B, you will overcome your enemy by your ability to testify to the grace of God. He says you got to be able to testify. They have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. Uh, That that word testimony is is where we get the English word martyr from. Uh, Marturia. Uh, It speaks to evidence that's given that is reported by firsthand experience. I, I can't testify to what you saw. Well, I can try, but it's inadmissible because it's hearsay. I can only testify to what I know for myself and what I've seen for myself. I can testify that you told me, but I can't testify that I saw what you saw based on your word. Listen, I can't testify to what mama said about her God as my personal experience. I've got to experience God for myself. Have I got a witness in here anywhere? And he says, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and by our testimony, by our testimony, our ability to talk for ourselves about what God has done in our lives. And somebody in here needs to know you ought to have a testimony. A testimony. Of how far God has brought you. A testimony of how God has never left you. You ought to have a testimony about the goodness of God in your life. You ought to be able to testify about the grace of God that you haven't always been where you are, but by God's grace, you are who you are today. You ought to be able to testify. That you've been saved by grace. That you are kept by grace. You ought to be able to testify that you are where you are because God has been good to you. And he's been better to you than you've been to yourself. That's why Paul said we can't stop telling the good news about what God has done. Because every test should result in a testimony now watch this that ultimate testimony will be given later on in Revelation but I got my own testimony right now about how good God has been to me and you may not agree with me but you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me So I got my own testimony about how he made a way out of no way. About how he brought me from a long way. About how God has been better to me than I've been to myself. Have I got a witness here? I want to testify. And when I testify, I tell somebody else about how good God has been. He says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and they overcame by His testimony. When I testify, I tell the story that I've been justified by God. When I testify, I tell the story that I've been redeemed by God. When I testify, I tell the story that I've been born again by God. When I testify, I tell the story that I've been restored by God when I testify I tell the story that I'm being sanctified by God have I got a witness here I know I've overcome by his blood I know it was the blood for me can I go back old school one day when I was lost he died on the cross I know it was the blood for me. And when I come to this place, when I remember what God has done, every test should result in a testimony. And every testimony should give glory to God. And watch this. If I testify for what God has done, I should be able to trust them for what I need done. Anybody in here believe he hasn't brought you this far to leave you? Anybody in here, what you're going through right now? Anybody in here knows God has brought you this far and he hasn't brought you this far to leave you now? Anybody in here, can you give God glory right where you are? And thank God for his faithfulness thank God for his grace thank God for his mercy hallelujah glory yes and I don't have to wait till the battle is over I can shout now glory yes some of y'all say don't take all of that You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Glory to your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for strengthening me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for making a way out of nowhere. hallelujah been better to us than we've been to ourselves hallelujah been faithful God to us even when we were faithless hallelujah you've been good even when we were bad hallelujah Father, we bless you today. Pray God right now. Somebody who may be in the battle for their soul, for their spirit, for their life. Help them to know today, God, that we have an enemy. Who looks to steal, kill, and destroy. But God helped them to know that we have a Savior who has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And the abundant life is not tied to the stuff we have, but it's tied to the people we become and how we live our lives. We thank you, God. Moved by your spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everyone who can, everyone who will, stand on your feet wherever you are. Everyone who can, everyone who will. As the praise team comes to sing.